all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over, take over, take I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us, your people today, Father, that we might be renewed in knowledge, in gnosis, Father, that we might walk in those things you've ordained. Somebody shout out, Amen. amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just look at somebody and say, Neighbor, neighbor. communicate with me. Hallelujah. I'm going to do part two today. How many of you were blessed by last week? How many of you realized maybe you had some stuff to work on in your communication? Now, we're going to get into this thing, but I want to say this again. The importance of the new man is you are renewed in knowledge of how to live. In other words, God says, the way that I'm going to show you how to be effective as a believer is through knowledge. Watch this. So now if the enemy wants to keep you stagnant in your life, he wants to keep you out of a church where you can actually learn something. I I don't hear nobody saying nothing. He wants to keep you out of a place where you'll actually be given the tools you need to live because he doesn't mind if it's a bunch of people coming just as long as they leave just as dumb as they came. And let me be very clear. I'm not calling anybody in the body of Christ dumb. What I'm saying is, is that the Bible says the blind lead the blind and they both fall into a ditch. Uh, And so, in other words, if you're sitting up under a leadership that cannot teach you anything and that has been repeating the same stories for 25 years, I'm going to make an announcement to you that there's no knowledge coming forth. And if there's no knowledge coming forth, you cannot be renewed. And so that is the reason why Christians, 15 and 20 years, they'll just stop all of a sudden serving God and stop going to church. Why? Because they're not being renewed. They won't have a passion to serve God because they're not being renewed. Because your new man is renewed in knowledge. Touch somebody say knowledge. And so if you want to be what God has ordained for you to be, you've got to be taught how to walk and live as a new man. Please understand, we know very well how to do stuff wrong. How many people know that I'm telling the truth? We know very well how to do that, but God ordains that we learn how to do stuff right, that we learn how to do it his way, because his way, his M.O. brings us good success. It brings us good results. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so please understand, that is everything I've been teaching about excellence and service and the man of God and communication. It is all in preparation for what God has called this ministry to do. Which is? Y'all don't even know, which is, so, so it's known, but, but watch this, please understand, you cannot take over unless you do it intelligently. 
You ever met somebody trying to run something and they had no clue what they were doing and you tried to give them a suggestion but they refused to hear your suggestion because they thought they knew something and you were trying to tell them that's not how you do that. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. So say knowledge. Knowledge is quintessential to your success as a believer. Now watch this. The root of every problem in every arena of life is bad communication. We learned that last week. In your body, if one part of your body is not communicating well with the other part, you have what's called a dis-ease, a disease of communication. In your spirit, it's called darkness. It's called confusion. And in your mind, it's called insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different. Anybody ever done that where you've done the same thing year after year and, you know, you sit down on December 31st after you leave church on watch night and write out your, your resolutions and this, this year going to be different. But you don't change anything that you're doing to make it different. But aren't you glad that if you're still here, you got another chance to make some changes in your life? The enemy has been defeated. Please understand, God is on your side. Touch somebody and say, he's on my side. Yeah, he, 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 he's on my side. He's not on my enemy's side. He's on my side. Now watch this. Please understand, have you ever met somebody that's really smart? But what comes out? Is contrary to that. And they're really, really knowledgeable. And they're really, really in, in, intelligent, as Medea would say. But when they open their mouth, you have no clue. Okay, let me give you another one. You have met somebody that in their heart, they're really a good person. But their face just doesn't know it. Go to Matthew chapter 15. I want to show you something. Because watch this. Say, I am always communicating something. Everything you do, you're communicating something. Every time you open your mouth, you're communicating. Every time you don't open your mouth, you're communicating. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this church? Now watch this. I, I want us to get this today. But please understand. So you can be really smart. But if what comes out of you is really non-smart... You could be really sweet, but if what comes out of you is meaner than a junkyard dog, you do understand that perception is reality to the viewer. And so whatever it is that you're projecting is what my reality of you is. Stop telling me how faithful you are, be it. Stop telling me how good of a person you are, be it. Stop saying how much you love God, be it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's see what Jesus says about it. Verse uh, Matthew 15, verse number 10. Uh, when he had called the multitude, now you know what those folk are, those folks that are what? There for what they can get. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, here, look what else he says, and understand. Watch this. In other words, what he was saying is, is that it's not enough to just hear me. You better make sure you understand what it is I'm trying to convey to you. In other words, what was he doing? Let's make it real simple. He was what? Communicating. And he said, now I'm getting ready to tell y'all something, but I need to make sure that you listen so that you can understand. Look at verse number 11. Now, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but rather what comes out of his mouth, this defiles a man. In other words, the word is saying that it's not what you take in. You taking this word in is not what means anything. 
you being able to communicate this word in your everyday living is what means everything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at it. Then his disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? In other words, because Jesus communicated something to them that they did not agree with because they were so immature, they became offended. You, you, yeah. Only immature people get easily offended. So Jesus says the Pharisees, now watch this, the Pharisees, they were religious people. They, they were the people that wanted to t- touch, not taste, not eat, not sat down, you can't do this, can't do this, what are you doing? Stand over here. They were so stuck on their religious rules and regulations that when Jesus appeared, the Messiah they had been waiting for for thousands of years, they missed him. And so now the Messiah speaks to them and now they become offended. Now watch this. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. Watch this. Let me make an announcement to you. Everything in your life that God has not ordained be in your life, God says it's going to be uprooted. So stop crying over folks walking out. God says, I was uprooting them because they were not supposed to be there in the first place. Stop crying over stuff not going right because it was never so. I was somebody. It was never supposed to be there in the first place. Everything my father's not planted in your life shall be uprooted. Every job my father has not ordained that you have, he'll make sure that you're not on it. Every relationship that's not supposed to be in your life, you said, Lord, use me. So he said, now, now I'm going to do just that, but I'm just going to make sure that everything I didn't put in your life, I'll take it out. And so if there's some friends in your life that I didn't plan in your life, don't be surprised when they walk out. Because everything that I didn't plant in your life, it cannot stay in your life. See, so, so you, 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 you'd stop shouting. See, listen, if, if you understood that, you'd start shouting over every door that closed in your face. We shout over the doors that he opens, but when was the last time you shouted because somebody said no? Uh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. If they said no, it must have meant God did not ordain for that to be in your life. So shut the door because that's not supposed to be the way I go anyhow. Tell somebody say, shout over the closed door. Now watch this. Look at verse 14. Let them alone, he says. In other words, he says, the people that got offended with me, he says, leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both of them are going to fall into a ditch. He says they think they're spiritual. They think they know something, yet their fruit has nothing to show. So he says, don't you leave them alone. See, that's like some of the family and friends that you know, and you try to convince them God is the way, and this and this, and then they got over here, and they believe in stars now, and they believe in pyramids now, and they believe, you know, in Mother Earth. And you're trying to convince them of something. God is saying they're blind, leading the blind. Let them alone. Uh Quiet in this church. So look what he says. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. Now remember, how did Jesus start off in the text? He said, hear and understand. So Jesus has said all of that now, and Peter, who wants to be the greatest, you know, Peter's the one who says, Lord, Lord, who should be the great, you know, who's going to be great? I want to be the leader, Jesus. I want to be close to you, Jesus. And he's the first one to say, I didn't understand what you said. So look at what Jesus says. He doesn't say, all right, son, I know. Look what he says. 
Are you also still without understanding? Uh, do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes to the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the what? Heart or the what? What does that mean? Mind. So, what well, well, I says, uh, 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 for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So what are you trying to say? A lot of the communication stuff that we deal with, you're dealing with stuff of insignificance. Watch this. Jesus was said they're worried about the fact that they didn't wash their hands. But Jesus said you didn't wash your hands, but yet you've got hate in your heart. So which is worse? You're mad because they didn't say hello to you, but yet you never speak to anybody. So which is worse? Because it's not what happens to you, baby. It's what you do with it. Not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. I wish somebody would say something. So, 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 so look at this. Watch this. When you are a better communicator, you can improve your life. Watch this. Overnight. Because opposed to you trying to fix everybody else, you fix you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you keep trying to under, see if they would just do this and they would just do this. See, the problem is you don't know how to communicate. But touch somebody and say, we're we going to get it right today. Touch them, we're going to get it right today. Now watch this. Communication, I want to review from last week. It is a process. We learned from our definition. It's a process. In other words, effective communication takes practice. Let me help me make an announcement to you. You're not going to come to the altar, get saved, lay, get hands laid on and be prayed for and get saved and then all of a sudden walk out and know how to communicate. It is a process. Now, how has this process happened? It happens through what we started with, through knowledge. That's how the new man is what? Renewed. How he's made new through what? Knowledge. Now watch this. Second thing about communication, it is involves a common system. You cannot communicate with someone that's, that, that does not speak the same language as you. If you've ever been like me, you flip on the, uh, on the Spanish channel. And I, you know, I know a few words. I know Hablo. I know Inglés. Well, you know, I'm country, so country Spanish, you know. Gracias. De nada. Day. I know about, I know about a hand, two handful full of <laughs> And I probably use them wrong. But watch this. I can't sit there and learn anything. Because you're speaking a different language. So then why is it do you try to communicate with people in your life that are not using the same system as you? Their communication is being quiet and throwing temper tantrums. But you like to talk. And y'all try to bring those two together and call it communication. It's not because it's got to be a common system between both parties. Are you getting this? Are, are you getting this? So you, I said this last week. You do not walk into the boardroom and do this. Amen. 
they're going to look at you and say, something wrong with his neck? Was he acclimating to the climate? Because it's two different what? Systems of communication. Please understand, body of Christ, and I, we got to do this. Please understand, when you go out there and you're interacting and dealing with folks that don't know the Lord, you're getting up and speaking all these spiritual parables and talking in tongue to folks. They don't understand that. It's two different systems of communication. That is the reason why God is calling ministries like this to become relevant for the day. You know why Jesus had followers? Because he was relevant. He wasn't talking about, oh, and I'm coming one day. And he wasn't doing stuff that was outdated because he knew they would not understand it because they did not have a common system. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He was not sitting in youth church and saying, you know, now the Bible, now the Hebrew word, now see, tashila means, and then now when you tashila is gnosis. He was not trying to communicate a language they did not understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? So to be an effective communicator, you've got to discern where the person is you're communicating, what system they use. Are y'all getting this tonight? What is this, today? <laughs> Watch this. Two types of human communication. We learned this last week. Number one, verbal. That's talking and conversation. Verbal communication is the what you're saying. Understand that. But now we learned last week that that's only 10% of the equation. The 90% of the equation is your nonverbal communication. It's your body language. It's your persona. It's you've ever heard somebody say the vibe. They send, I feel a weird vibe. That is 90% of what you're saying. And you didn't even have to open your mouth to say it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's just amazing. See, if you ever stood on this side and saw the people and how they look sometimes, you'd be like, look, are they get, uh, what is wrong? That's about to say, it's all right. And what's amazing to me, though, is I found out that sometimes the people that just look at me like they want to just hurt me or something. Just <laughs> touch your neighbor. I'm not touching them. I found out that those people really actually get the word. It's confusing to me. <laughs> They're the ones, yep, because Bishop said, and Bishop, I'm like, I didn't know you were listening. I thought you was caught up somewhere. But what's the problem? Your verbal was not lining up with your nonverbal, so you sent mixed messages. And that's what happens in relationships lots of times. People are sending mixed messages. They're hugging and kissing, but yet they're saying, I, I don't want to take it slow. I just want to take it slow. Well, then keep your tongue in your mouth if you want to keep it I was giving you a little residual from Friday. That's all. Prepping you for the next one. All right, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The best communicators are the most happy and joyous people in life. Amen. Mr. Prover, go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Y'all learning? We're going to get this thing. You're going to learn how to communicate so well. I'm going to give you a degree in communication. What's this? James chapter 1. See, watch this. Unhappy people are never good communicators. 
Let me give you some examples of that. People that bottle everything in. That means they don't know how to communicate their emotions. And so that means they're very unhappy. Do you not understand that a lot of disease and sickness that comes, it comes as a result of things that you fail to communicate? And so you're really angry and frustrated and you want to get that out, but you leave it in there so it stays in your body and becomes an ulcer. It's quiet in this church. Do you not understand that God, when he created your body, he gave you dominion over it? So if there's something going on in it that's not supposed to be there, it may mean that I'm not communicating something. And so what it does as opposed to it going here is I send it back in here and it ends up defiling myself. Are you learning what I'm saying? So look at James chapter 1 verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. I know you know everything. But the Bible said, be quick to hear. Look at what it says. Slow to speak. Amen. See, a lot of the communication problems we have is because we never actually listened. We just decided we were going to talk. And so even when somebody's talking, see, I'm talking to some of y'all right now, and you got to have a conversation with yourself. You're not even listening. You're thinking about somebody you need to get this tape for because they don't be listening to you, and yet you don't listen to them. I'm in your business. The Bible said, be quick to listen, but don't you be so fast to speak. Then what does it say? Be slow to wrath. What is wrath? Wrath is the uncontrollable form of anger. See, anger is not a sin. Wrath is. Jesus became angry and he turned over tables, yet he did not wrath. His anger was controllable. See, if you can't control your anger, that also means you got some communication issues because the only thing you know how to do is rah! And you do that because you, you feel out of control. And so the only way you can regain control of your environment is to let everybody know that you are the Hulk. So, so, so the book said, he said, watch this, he says, let every man be swift or quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Watch this. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Watch this. In other words, what is he saying? Your uncontrollable emotions are not spiritual. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so let's look at this. Uh, last week we talked about uh, 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 how it is that, that we can become uh, better communicators. And so now, but, but the Bible says to be a good communicator, you first got to be a good listener. See, let me just help you even in relationships. See, see let me help the men. Please understand, uh, the women need to know that they can communicate to you and you actually care about what it is that they're saying. See, I know you don't care that they didn't have a size nine and so they had to go over to the other store and then they was going to send it and they had to do a special order. And I know you don't care. But they need to know that you have the ability to listen. Because nobody likes to speak and not be heard. So, so say to be a good communicator, I must be a good listener. So watch this. Number one, how do you be a good listener? Number one, you've got to listen to the content. You've got to listen to the facts and the ideas that a person is communicating to you. 
It is amazing to me that most times as people are listening, they don't actually listen to the facts or the content of what is being said. They have already prejudged, predicated upon what they think their knowledge is of an individual. I just said a lot right there. And so most people will not actually listen. They're just going to filter what you said through what somebody else told them about you. It's quiet in this church. So, so you got to listen to the content. Say content. What are they saying? For and for, and see, if you listen to people, then you start knowing what's in their heart and you stop making bad relationship decisions. Because a person is going to reveal to you who they are. The question is, are you going to listen when they tell you? That's what the Bible says, be slow to speak. Because a lot of people, when they get in relationships, they want to lay out everything they got on the table. Well, I did this, I did this, I did this, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. And the other person is just sitting saying, well, if you would have let me told you, I would have told you from the get-go I was no good. I would have told you from the beginning that I got fidelity issues, I got self-esteem. I would have told you that had you listened. But since you were so content to speak and, and not quick to listen, you're now going to get yourself in a situation that could have been avoided with better communication. So listen to the what, number one? Content. Second thing, listen to the intent of what they're saying. Watch, watch this. Watch this. What is the underlying message? What are they really trying? You ever had somebody talk to you and they say something to you and, and you're thinking to yourself, now I know what you're really trying to say. You've got to listen to the intent. Why are they saying what they're saying? Please understand. Now that comes through a process of building relationship with people. Because many times you may not understand the intent of somebody until you understand the character of somebody. And so you ever talk to somebody and they said, you know what? Uh, well, I'm trying to say, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And you're like, but you didn't say nothing. Well, it's hard to explain. And so, but, you know, and so it's like this. And like when this happens, it, and you, you're like, you know, all them likes. I don't understand you. So you listen to content, then you listen to intent. What is it they're really trying to say? Watch this. Third thing, you pay attention to their nonverbals. It's not enough to just hear what they're saying. It's not enough for you to just discern the intent of what they're saying. Look at how they're saying it to you. Let me give you a perfect example of, of a nonverbal that does not match a verbal. How you doing? I can't stand you. Oh, I tell you, God is good. Yes, I, I really don't like you. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Those don't match. Let me give you another one. I really love you. I told you, yes, I love you. What's the problem? Like the play, what's your point? I told you I love you. Oh, you want to go eating? Okay, let's go. And then the woman will respond and say, you don't just look like you want to do nothing. I, what are you talking about? I just told you. The verbal does not match the nonverbal, so you're sending a mixed message. And mixed messages cannot be properly interpreted. 
you, you ever you ever sent you you know an email you ever send an email and and it, sometimes my computer does this and when it gets to somebody it will replace letters with these different shapes and sizes so I, I sent God is good do this do this, do this and they get like eight X's and four squares and all that and then at the end it says Bishop. Now, I can't get mad if they misunderstand that message. So why do you get mad at people when they don't understand you, but they don't understand you because you don't know how to send the same message? It's quiet in this church. So does their message align with their actions? If somebody's telling you that they love you and they love you, and yet you ask them to call you and all this, and I ain't calling you. They're sending a what? mixed message I can't interpret that are you getting what I'm saying fourth thing monitor your nonverbals. so here's the same thing somebody said you know I really love you and you and that's your response now they're going to begin to alter what they're saying in order to try to change your nonverbals. You, you ever met that? You, and they'll start telling you one thing and they can see you're not receiving it too well and so they'll change it and then put a lot of sugar on it. Oh, they don't like this. But I'm just saying keep on, keep the faith. That's all I'm saying. That's not what you were trying to say. But if you, as, a, as you're listening, you've got to pay attention to how you're responding to people. See, remember last week we learned that this means you feel trapped and you feel closed in. So every time you cross your arms, you may just do it to keep yourself upright. But the person that's looking at you is going to say, what is it that they're, what are they trapping? What are they secretive about? See, you got to learn this stuff in church because if you don't, somebody out there is going to show you that's going to cost you a lot. Are y'all here? Watch this. Other thing you got to watch is your emotional filters. Watch this. Watch this. Emotional filters can make you understand someone because you're not listening. You're linking. I'm going to explain this to you. Emotional filters can make you misunderstand someone because you're not listening to them. You're employing the law of linkage. Bishop, what is the law of linkage? The law of linkage says the first time you touch an orange coal or, or orange coil on the stove and you burn your hand, your mind is going to link every time you see that to your hand being burnt. So as an emotional filter, somebody's talking to you and you're saying, well, wait a minute, that's what my ex said. The law of linkage goes back and you don't even hear them. You hear what happened because you're linking. You're not listening, you link. And so somebody tells you, you know, I'm going to help you do this and help you do this. And you, you don't even listen to them. You go and you link back to what the last person that said that to you, what they didn't do. And what you end up doing is you make other people, new people, pay for old folks' mistakes. It's quiet in here. I know y'all ain't said nothing because you're receiving it. But anybody know what I'm talking about? You've ever done that before? Somebody's been talking to you, you're like, you know what? That's the same thing he said. And you're linking. So you're not listening. You're going back and you're linking yourself. Here's the deal about the law of linkage. It always goes to pain first. The law of linkage always goes to pain first. I'm about through. It always goes to pain first. Have you ever noticed that it's a lot easier to remember the negative stuff that's happened to you than it is to remember the good stuff? And so you complain over one argument, but y'all had 85 years of good times. But you remember that one time they did that one thing. 
They may not even remember what that one thing is, but the law of linkage, if you're not careful, you will filter what people are saying, and so you'll look at them who's your new spouse and see your old spouse. You'll look at them who is your new boss and see your old boss. You'll look at your new pastor and see your old one. It's quiet in this church. Watch this. Next thing you've got to do to be a what? Active listener is you've got to empathize. You've got to put yourself in the shoes of the person that's communicating with you. See, this I had to learn. I had to learn the hard way. Because if you're like me, I just think A, B, C, D, black, white, let's get it done. I make no apologies for thinking that way. And so when people would not communicate that way to me because I didn't realize they were using a different system, I would immediately say, uh-uh, something's fishy here. Why are they talking in circles to me? So what I had to do, though, was I had to stop and go put myself in their shoes and say, well, why is it that they're like this? And when you do that, it helps you to discern the intent of a person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, you know, when I communicate to people, I, you, know, I, you know, and sometimes people get in these long things to me, and I'll sometimes say to them, you know, in a very nice way, just what's the bottom line? I mean, can you just get to the point? Are you hearing what I'm Come on now. Just, so some of you are like, I don't believe he does that. You do it too. Some of y'all now, you're like saying, well, will he just get to the bottom line and hoop. So, so what would happen is, is that I would become frustrated and I would become aggravated and I had to step back and say, wait a minute, let me put myself in their shoes and try to understand why they're like that. And if I can understand why, then when I communicate, we can be on the same system because I know why you think that way. But that takes maturity. Tell somebody to say maturity. Watch this. Never prejudge somebody when they're communicating with you. See, this is something else I had to learn. See, I believe in being transparent. Uh, you know, I used to get mad at folk if, they'd have, if they feel a certain way that I thought was the wrong feeling. See, y'all look at me. Your halos are so spinning. Don't do that. You know, somebody will come to you and say, you know what? I just feel, I felt hurt by what you said. Well, why do you feel hurt? I don't try to hurt you. Look straight ahead and I will know. Well, that's stupid feeling like that. You're just stupid. Okay, come on, we got to make this real. You know how you deal with people. Somebody tell you, you know, I just felt really, you know, my feelings were really hurt when you said, well, what? See, that's your problem. You walk on your fist too much. Your feelings getting hurt. I'm talking about interpersonal relations now. In church, it's a little different now. <laughs> What's this? Government of the Lord. Can't be walking in your fist. But now watch this. Watch this. And you'll get mad and you'll get angry. A feeling is not right or wrong. It is. I need to say that again. A feeling is not right or wrong, it is. And it is based upon whatever level of maturity the person's at. So when I see people that are very, 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 very easily offended, easily hurt, easily, I just say they, they got some growing to do. But I don't have to, yeah, you just, yeah, get out of here. No, I understand them and give them time to grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
See, that's the same thing. Imagine how many marriages could have been saved had people heard what I'm teaching right now. Their problem wasn't that they didn't love one another. They just didn't know how to communicate with one another. So they were talking two different languages. One was speaking Spanish. One was speaking Italian. And on Sundays, they both spoke tongues. So they didn't know what they were doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. Never think you have it all figured out because even the most unintelligent person is teaching you something. See, I learned a long time, you know, <laughs> I can say, uh, people, <laughs> you know, sometimes people will say stuff and you're like, what on earth are you possibly talking about, brother preacher? And, and I learned that even someone you can perceive to be very unintelligent is teaching you something about life. But if you judge them, you will not learn the lesson because you've already blocked them out. They don't know nothing. They can't teach me nothing. I've learned that that's why the Bible says God uses foolish things to confound the wise. God will use a complete idiot to teach you something. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not calling anyone an idiot. But you know what you say to them, and you don't be praying for them. You be, you know, like, what is this person saying? Are y'all hear what I'm saying? God will use somebody that they will come up and say it's a bunch of stuff, you know. And, honey, last night the Lord told me, and the Lord showed me. And, then, and you're like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden God will say, but watch this kind of personality because maybe that's who it is you're going to be called to minister to. Even the most unintelligent person in your purview is teaching you something. And when you're a smart person, you learn that everybody's got a lesson to teach. From the plumber to the pastor, from the politician to the truck driver, everybody's teaching you something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Good communication requires you to walk in the spirit. Go to Galatians 5.20. I'm about through. We've got two minutes. You learning? Are you growing? Because when we get this communication thing, remember, there's a lot of problems and issues in life that we can eliminate on our own. When Joshua, when they went and they fought the battle at Ai and Achan had stole some things from the camp that he was not supposed to take, Joshua goes to the Lord and he prays and he says, Lord, uh, uh, what, how did this happen? How did we lose? Didn't you promise me victory? And you know what the Lord says to Joshua? Get up from praying. He said, I don't want to hear you praying. He said, there's sin in the camp. Go fix it. In other words, God was saying, Joshua, stop praying. You got a communication problem with your people. Go fix it. When something goes wrong in a corporation, it's a communication problem. When something goes wrong in a family, it's a communication problem. The children don't understand that they've got to follow the parents. The parents don't understand they've got to follow the Lord. So you have a communication problem. Now, Galatians 5.20, ready, read. Stop right there. What? Contentions. What's this? Now, now read verse 19. What does it say? Okay, stop right there. The works of the flesh are those things that are listed, and one of them is called a contention. You know what a contention is? A contention is a debate or argument. 
See, I know we give them new fancy names now. We call them disagreements. The Bible says an argument or a debate is proof that you're walking in the flesh. It's quiet in this church. Now, that does not mean that there are things that you have to confront, but you can disagree without having to be disagreeable. You cannot agree with what somebody's saying without having to act like you have no good sense. Tell somebody, tell them, I got good sense. I got, I got good sense. Yeah, met somebody that can't disagree. I mean, if you tell them they're wrong, they're, oh, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. I've been studying this word for 75 years. And the Bible does say cleanliness is close to godliness. <laughs> By the way, it does not say that. See, everybody that's not laughing, I know. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I'm a good communicator. A good say it, I'm a good communicator. A good communicator. So, so watch this. If we get in constant disagreements, excuse me, debates and arguments, that is proof that we're not walking in the spirit. Amen. It's proof. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so say, Bishop, what are the qualities of a good communicator? Very good. Watch this. Number one, they're professional and courteous. Got real quiet right there. They're professional and courteous. See, you can even have a disagreement with someone, but because you're courteous... You can totally sway, and they'll be agreeing with you before you're done. So a good communicator, they know how to be courteous to people. They say, please. I know we don't talk about this in the body of Christ, but my God. They say, please, to one another. Give me that. Be courteous. Look at somebody and say, be courteous. Tell them I love you. They say things like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. They say things like, and we know how we do at this church. Look at your neighbor. Tell, call them by what their name is. They say, yes, ma'am. They say, yes, sir. Now, I know in, in this Denverite culture. But you ain't supposed to do that. You're supposed to throw some kind of head or hand signal and not speak to them and no break eye contact because then you have to talk. <laughs> you know how you do something. You know, and I deliberately do If I'm somewhere, I deliberately try to get in somebody's eyes so that they have to speak to me. Uh, how you doing? And they won't say that talk. <laughs> I on the elevator the other day, I said, hey, how you doing? He, you know, must didn't hear me or something. So, I, I, you know, I stood over and I said, can I help you with something? I said, yes, man. I said, hello to you. Don't do me like that. See, that's what good communicators do. They, they, they are professional. They're courteous. They don't get easily flustered, annoyed, or irritated. You ever been talking to somebody and they just, Their eyes are all back in their head somewhere. You think you're watching The Exorcist or something. That's a sign you're not a good communicator. I'm all in your Kool-Aid, huh? 
Can, can I just give you a real a, a free secret? Let me just give you a free secret. This is totally just a free secret. Watch this. Uh, if you ask someone a yes or no question and their response is, huh? Chances are what they're about to say is embellished. Otherwise known as a lie. What were you doing yesterday? Huh? That's real simple. Quite what you mean, huh? Were you alive yesterday? So what were you? Where were you at, huh? Some of the parents know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Why does this require a huh? The doctors say that when they say huh, they're giving themselves time to think and prepare an answer. See, the truth flows easily. Something embellished takes a long time to say. Because you're trying to form it. Now, granted, let me say this. I know that there's some people that are just slow responders. Some of my spiritual kids, you know, I, I asked them a question. They'll answer me like five minutes later. I said, now what? <laughs> Did it take all of that? Well, I just wanted to form it in my mind because, I, you know, sometimes. <laughs> now, I understand that happens. But now, one of my sons, now, he talk, he talk fast. He'll get it out to you. you know everything in a minute and a half. Say, I'm a good communicator. See, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Y'all everybody looking at him. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and all of something about him, I would have said, see? What's <laughs> this? They set realistic expectations. They underpromise and overdeliver. Let me give you an example, and I'm guilty of this one. I'm gonna call you in 15 minutes. Three hours later when you call, what you doing? What happened to 15 minutes? Good communicators, if they can't guarantee you 15 minutes, they'll say, I'll call you soon. Think of how much trouble you could save yourself if you'd stop making promises you don't know if you can keep. You understand what I'm saying? They underpromise, they overdeliver. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's real quiet in this church. But watch this. They, they have reliable information in their expectations. So in other words, they're not going to tell you, you know, you know I, I heard you could, you could get this thing, and yeah, I heard it, it's, it worked in two hours. And they've not done it themselves. Therefore, that's not what? Reliable information. Are you learning how to be a better communicator? Watch this. Last couple of things. They don't speak unless they have accurate information. How many times have you talked to somebody and they say something to you and it's totally wrong? And you're like, where'd you get that from? And then here's what they say. Well, they had told me, who is they? Well, the people... <laughs> Who are the people? Well, watch this. When you're a good communicator, you don't speak and give a definitive answer if you don't have the information. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many people you ever had somebody say something to you and you got really frustrated and angry because you're like, why did you tell me that if you didn't? See, y'all ain't raising your hand. Thank you. Thank you for the full honest people in the church. Watch this. 
When you have accurate information, it saves you time, tempers, and trouble. So watch this. For people that serve in ministry, well, one of the worst things that they can tell me is, I don't know. Because you're supposed to know. And if you don't know, I admonish you, brethren, to go find out. See, when you're a good communicator, you're always making sure the information is right. Y'all remember that game Telephone? We ought to do that as a church, play Telephone. What's it? You remember that game Telephone? And it starts out, you know, the, 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 the purple people eater is eating at Publix. That's a grocery store in the South. Uh, and, and by the time it gets around to the other person, you know, God is really good. He wears a purple robe and he likes King Supers. How did that message get crossed like that? Now you have some people that, you know, you have that person that will deliberately sabotage it. So y'all acting like y'all never played telephone. They'll deliberately hear it and deliver it. Now, I'm going to change that. Make it fun. Watch this. A good communicator, if they don't know, they'll refer you to someone that does opposed to embellishing. If they don't have the answer, they're not going to. They're, they're going to say, "You know what? I don't know the answer, but you know what? Go to membership services because they know." Are you getting what I'm saying? L- last thing I, I want to give you this. This is this story is going to bless you. Go to Luke two, and I'm through. If they don't know, they're going to refer you to someone that does. Right now, let's see the problem that can happen from bad communication. You want to see one? How about we look at one with Jesus? Go to Luke chapter 2, go to verse 43. Luke 2, verse 43. Have I helped anybody? And so, again, I know today's a very practical message. Last week was very practical. I want it to be practical because I want you to be able to get it. I could holler at you all day and say, communicate with your neighbor. And then you're going to leave and say, how, do I, how dost thou doeth this? You hear what I'm saying? Let's see what happens when Mary and Joseph don't communicate about Jesus. Luke 2, verse 43. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know. So they finished the the feast that they were at, the time they were at in Jerusalem, and now what's happened is, is that Jesus stayed back, but Mary and Joseph left. They did not know. Look at it. But watch this. 44. But supposing him to have been in the company, what they do? Assumed. They assumed he was with the group they were with. They traveled a whole day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So they go a whole day, guys. They go a whole day. Oh, yeah, Jesus is back there. He's back there. He's back there with John. They're back there. You know, they're talking. You know these kids. They got the Game Boys. They go a whole day based off an assumption. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me today. How many bad days have you created because you assumed something opposed to checking something out to make sure it would. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing. You assume somebody's mad at you so you avoid them and they're really not. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was after three days. 
Jesus was missing for three days. You're missing what I'm saying. Let me make this modern. They thought for three days that their son had been kidnapped. Talking modern terms, I'm modernizing this. They thought for three days, where is he at? Where did he go? See, now imagine the conversation they're having with one another. Now, Mary, I thought I told you to get him together and get him to go. Well, I thought I, th- I thought you supposed you the man, but listen, you supposed to be the wife. See, you ain't no help me. See, you also imagine the argument they had because they did not communicate. And so now, for three days, they're walking around angry at one another, I'm sure, because they refuse to communicate, and then finally they find Jesus. Now, let's look at this, because I've taught on this before from another perspective. Look at it. Now, it was so after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers. So imagine what he had to do that night. Where did he sleep? What did he eat? What did he do? Who kept him? For three days, they sat in violence and anger and contention with one another because their son is missing. Then Jesus now, he's in the temple, say in the temple, in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when he saw, when they saw him, they were amazed. They were amazed that had we just made sure and communicated, we never would have lost him. But now that we found him, look at what he's doing. He's communicating and asking them questions and giving answers. So his mother said to him, son, what, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Now, King James makes it real nice. But I'm sure she pulled him off to the side and got a good pinch somewhere. Look here. We've been looking for you for three days. Your daddy couldn't find you. John Nim didn't know where you at. Elizabeth didn't come. Where you been? So what happens? Now Mary and Joseph are angry at one another. Now it involves their children. Now the whole family's mad. I'm trying to make you get this today. The whole family's mad because the two who were supposed to be the leaders didn't communicate. Oh, it's quiet in this church. And so now, your father and I have sent for you anxiously. Now look at Jesus. Jesus, you know, and you understand, the Bible says Jesus learned obedience. So as he was a child, he had to learn obedience. He had to be taught obedience. So look at what Jesus said. He said, why did you look for me? In other words, he don't say, Mama, I'm sorry. He says, oh, that's how you're going to come to me? You ain't my real daddy. No, that's how you're going to come to me? Did you not know? One of the verses says, he says to her, woman, did you not know I must be about my father's business? But they did not what? Understand him. So now Mary and Joseph don't understand one another. Mary and Jesus don't understand one another. Don't nobody understand nobody because ain't nobody communicating. And look, then he went down to Nazareth with them. And came to Nazareth and was subject to them. I said, so something happened in there where he said all that. (laughs) 
something happened where he, Mary said, you about your father's bit. Okay. God bless you, priest. God bless you, rap. Bless you. Come on. Let's go, Jesus. Come on, come on baby. Next time. <laughs> you know how y'all do. Look what it says. And he was subject to them. That word there means obedient to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Well, wait a minute. She's not a good communicator either because she bottled all of her frustration in. And what she did was she whooped her frustration onto him. She couldn't even discipline her children properly, her child properly, because she was not a good communicator. It's quiet in this church. So if it can happen to Jesus' family... If it can happen to the King of Kings family. Everybody stand on your feet this morning. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.